The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It does not constitute legal or other professional advice. If you require legal advice, you should consult a lawyer. No one connected with this podcast in any way whatsoever can be responsible for your use of the information discussed. The views and opinions expressed are those of the podcast or do not represent the opinions of any other person, entity, agency, organization, employer, or company. These views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Welcome to LEAP, Legal Issues in Policing, a podcast blending the demands of the book with the rulings from the bench through the lens of the bag. Police officers with a solid understanding of the law and their legal powers are more confident, competent, and effective. Each and every episode will examine a legal issue in policing by reviewing current Canadian criminal case law from coast to coast to coast. Be prepared to uncover a legal lesson that will improve your decision-making. Now let's leap in. Hello, everyone. My name is Mike Novikowski, your podcast host, and you are listening to Legal Issues in Policing. Have you ever searched a vehicle before you towed it only to find evidence of a crime like drugs or a gun? Then you ask yourself, how do I explain this one? In this episode, I will be discussing the warrantless search authority commonly referred to as a vehicle inventory search. But before we leap into this episode, I just wanted to give a shout out to all of the law enforcement officers tuning in. The fact that you take the time and energy to listen to this podcast and learn from it shows the high level of dedication and caliber of people working in the profession. Thank you for all you do. I also wanted to pass on my appreciation to those of you who have provided feedback to me. Without feedback, I won't know if I am missing the mark. I recall hearing an Ontario criminal defense lawyer once say this about searches, and I quote, If it's warrantless, you know something's awry. Something here that I can sniff it out. I don't even have to look too far. But the fact they didn't go get a warrant, I can probe and I can probe hard. With this in mind, I will now discuss a recent inventory search case coming to us courtesy of the Nova Scotia Supreme Court, cited as RV Arsenal, 2022, NSSC 149. For your convenience, I will put a link to the case in the episode notes. This podcast will be a fairly deep dive into inventory search authority beyond what is merely mentioned in the case. Here are the relevant facts related to the search. They are fairly simple. Following a single vehicle accident in the early morning hours, a police officer arrested the accused, Mr. Arsenal, for impaired driving and refusing to provide a breath sample. He was informed of the reasons for his arrest, advised of his right to counsel, and transported to police headquarters where he was provided with an opportunity to speak with a lawyer. Meanwhile, Mr. Arsenal's pickup truck was damaged and had to be towed from the scene. The police had a policy requiring that an inventory search be conducted to identify and take custody of any items of value in the vehicle to protect against loss or theft of such items and to protect against any potential civil liability that may arise. This policy referenced Section 273 of Nova Scotia's Motor Vehicle Act as the statutory provision authorizing the tow. Section 273 permits a peace officer to seize a motor vehicle with which an offense has been committed under the Motor Vehicle Act or under any section of the criminal code related to motor vehicles and to detain the vehicle until the final disposition of any prosecution that was instituted unless the vehicle was released sooner. When the tow truck operator arrived at the accident scene, he had to unlock the truck because the keys had been taken to the police station with the arresting officer. Once the truck was unlocked, another officer at the scene performed an inventory search of it. During the search, the officer saw what appeared to be a handgun in the glove box. The officer did not touch the handgun and, per police policy, informed her supervisors. Two ERT members were dispatched to the scene to safe the handgun and seize it if it was in fact a real firearm. About an hour after the gun was discovered, the ERT members took it, made it safe by unloading it, and transported it to police headquarters where it was logged into the property room. So when this went to trial, Mr. Arsenault argued the search of his vehicle was not authorized by law as an inventory search. He also claimed 
Even if it had started out as a lawful inventory search, the police should have obtained a search warrant once the gun was discovered in the glove box. As a consequence of what he alleged was an unlawful search, he wanted the gun excluded as evidence. The Crown, on the other hand, suggested the search of the truck was lawful as an inventory search. Now let's back up to basics. It is important to understand that the Charter does not prohibit warrantless searches, but it does prefer them. This is evidenced by the presumption in law articulated 40 years ago by the Supreme Court of Canada that all warrantless searches are presumptively unreasonable. This presumption, as we know, is rebuttable. Even the presumption of innocence is rebuttable as long as the prosecution proves guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. So yes, the absence of a warrant makes your job a little bit tougher in court as you have a hurdle to overcome. But the warrantless search presumption can be easily defeated by the Crown proving on a balance of probabilities that the search was nevertheless reasonable. Although the Crown bears this burden, it is actually you, the police officer, who has the explaining to do. But this isn't all that difficult as long as you follow the rules. So contrary to the lawyer I quoted earlier, when the police conduct a warrantless search, something isn't necessarily awry. Warrantless searches are not fishy, wrong, amiss, or astray. Think about it. Whenever a police officer pats someone down, searches pockets, opens a trunk, clears a residence, and even asks questions about the contents of a bag, these can all amount to searches. But warrants are rarely obtained for them. I know from my personal experience, the overwhelming number of searches I conducted as a police officer were done without a warrant, especially as a street cop. So just how do you rebut the presumption that a warrantless search is unreasonable and therefore a Section 8 charter breach? Easy. When you are asked to justify your warrantless search, you need to establish two elements. Now, some of you may say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. There are three components to a reasonable search. Well, I just blended two, as has the Supreme Court on occasion. So the first requirement is your search must be authorized by a reasonable law. And second, your search must be conducted in a reasonable manner. In demonstrating that your search was authorized by a reasonable law, you must point to a specific statute or common law rule that authorizes your search. You must follow the procedural and substantive requirements of the authorizing law you acted on, and you must respect the scope of the law. Now, in this case, the judge reviewed other judicial decisions on the issue and found the search was lawful as an inventory search. The rationale goes something like this. When a provision of a motor vehicle act provides the police with statutory authority to seize a vehicle or take it into custody, the police have a responsibility to keep impounded property safe. In order to fulfill this responsibility, the police must have the authority to search and inventory the vehicle. An inventory allows an officer the opportunity to identify and record property that the police are retaining control of as a result of taking charge of the vehicle. This search is not limited to only itemizing visible property within the vehicle, but includes the authority to open the trunk and open bags or other containers in order to itemize their contents. The judge also rejected the suggestion that the inventory search ended when the gun was first discovered and the ERT members needed a search warrant to make the gun safe and seize it. The judge preferred to characterize this action in calling ERT as a pause in the inventory search, not its ending. More experienced ERT members were tasked to make sure the gun was safe before it was seized. This was an issue of officer and public safety. Calling in the ERT members to make the gun safe was a reasonable and prudent approach and did not derogate from the authority of the police to conduct the inventory search. A warrant to do this was not required. The warrantless inventory search was authorized by law and it therefore did not violate Section 8 of the Charter. Thus, Section 24.2 of the Charter was not triggered and there was no reason to exclude the gun. So what can one take away from this case and others like it? I think we can learn the following legal lessons about inventory searches. Number 1. 
When a vehicle is lawfully taken into police custody pursuant to Motor Vehicle Act authority, the police may conduct an inventory search of the vehicle and its contents. The authority to conduct a reasonable inventory search of a vehicle implicitly derives from the statutory power of taking the vehicle into legal custody pursuant to the authorizing impoundment or towing provision. The inventory search serves a safeguarding function by securing and protecting a vehicle and its contents until it can be released to its owner or operator. This includes itemizing the contents of objects such as purses, wallets, and bags found within the vehicle. And because an inventory search is all about safeguarding, you do not require reasonable grounds a crime is being committed or that valuables or contraband will be found in the car. Number two, an inventory search will be lawful provided the vehicle has been lawfully taken into police custody. This is where you need to understand your Provincial Motor Vehicle Act impounding, seizing, and tow authorities. If there is no lawful basis for taking the vehicle into police custody, the inventory search will not be authorized by law. You need to also consider allowing a driver or occupant to take possession of any property contained within the vehicle they wish to retain, assuming that, in doing so, it does not interfere with your duties. After all, with an impoundment, the objective is to impound the vehicle, not its contents. In fact, some impoundment authorities require the police to return personal property from the vehicle on request. If this occurs, you are not searching this property because you are not taking charge of it, nor will an inventory search be lawful when the police arrange for a private tow. I can recall the numerous times that I came upon a disabled vehicle and arranged for it to be towed on behalf of its driver. Just because I made the call to the tow company didn't give me the right to inventory the vehicle. I wasn't taking charge of it or exercising the degree of control over it that would make an inventory necessary for the purpose of safeguarding it or its contents. Number three, the inventory search must be conducted for a proper purpose. Proper purposes for conducting an inventory search include taking sensible protective measures. You have an obligation to protect an owner's interest in property while it is in the custody of the police. An inventory search also permits the police to engage in protective measures against potential civil liability from claims of lost or damaged property in a vehicle which has been taken into police custody. It has not been unheard of for a driver whose vehicle has been impounded to claim something of value is missing, having been removed or stolen from the vehicle, and they accuse the police of this misdeed. You may also have public safety concerns about guarding the police and others from any hazardous or dangerous items or goods being held in police-controlled or authorized storage facilities. As a police officer, I was always amazed at what some people would keep in their vehicles. The dangerous goods they would transport, such as chemicals, fuel stored in non-approved containers, outdated propane cylinders, and the like. These could all pose a hazard to me, the tow operator, and those who work at the impound lot. An inventory serves the need to protect the police and others against dangers potentially connected to these sorts of items that may be contained within the vehicle. Number four, an inventory search must be conducted in a reasonable manner to achieve a proper purpose. You will only want to target places in a vehicle where people commonly place items of value, such as on or about the seats, under them, or in the glove box, center console, or trunk. Searches of areas where it would not be reasonable to search for valuables would be out of bounds, such as searching inside air filters, inside a tire, or behind wheel covers or hubcaps. Nor would you run a drug-sniffing dog through the automobile or swab its surfaces to be analyzed with an ion scanner. In such cases, you would have exceeded the scope of an inventory search and therefore it would no longer be authorized by law a charter breach would follow. Number five, an inventory search is unrelated to criminal investigation. A search undertaken solely to discover evidence of criminal activity is not a valid inventory search. An inventory search must not be used as a pretext to avoid the presumptive warrant requirement. However, an inventory search will not be rendered unlawful merely because evidence of criminal activity is discovered. 
Even if you expect or anticipate finding illegal items such as drugs or a gun, your inventory search will not be rendered unreasonable provided you had a valid inventory rationale in mind and do no more than you are legally permitted to do. If your inventory search is valid, your awareness that there are items in the car that might be associated with drugs, for example, should not change your original purpose of locating valuables. Even drug dealers and gangbangers have expensive bling or valuable possessions that you will be responsible for if they go missing. Said another way, even if an officer has an additional investigatory motive or interest while conducting an otherwise valid inventory search, the presence of this investigatory or non-inventory rationale does not invalidate the inventory search nor render it unconstitutional, provided the scope of an inventory search is respected. Number six, it's also worth noting that some courts have said that the authority to impound carries with it the duty and responsibility to ensure the safety of the vehicle and its contents. Duty is a very strong word. In a case where the police found cocaine and marijuana inside a bag on the floor of an impounded vehicle, the Ontario Court of Appeal in 1998 said this, With custody comes responsibility. Once the police assumed control and possession of the vehicle, they had a duty to take steps to safeguard the vehicle and its contents. In a case where the police again found cocaine and marijuana in a bag on the floor of a car, the Ontario Court of Appeal in 2009 said the police would have been derelict in their duties had they not searched. In a case where the police found cocaine in a pouch attached to the front of an impounded motorcycle, the BC Court of Appeal in 2010 put it, It is implicit in the legislation that the police have the duty and responsibility under the Motor Vehicle Act to ensure the safety of the vehicle and its contents. And to do that, they must be entitled to conduct an inventory of the vehicle's contents. In a case where the police found cocaine and meth inside a computer bag that was located in a towed vehicle, the BC Court of Appeal in 2018 said, Where a vehicle is lawfully taken into police custody, in this case pursuant to statutory authority, the police have the authority, if not the duty, to conduct an inventory search of its contents. And when the drugs were found, the computer bag had actually been removed from the vehicle, taken to the police station, and searched there. So, now that we understand the law in this area, what are some trial tactics defense lawyers may use to impugn or discredit your inventory search? First, your decision to impound or tow the vehicle will be challenged. Have the requirements permitting the impoundment seizure or taking into custody of the vehicle that you have invoked been met? Be aware that some impounding authorities are mandatory where others are discretionary. Some courts have found that a police officer may have to explore other existing reasonable options before seizing a vehicle. Maybe there is a passenger with a valid driver's license who can now move the vehicle. Make sure you know your authority for impounding the vehicle. And make sure your situation fits within the parameters of the provision that you are relying on. Read it, write it down in your report, and then tell the judge in court. An inventory search cannot occur if there is no lawful basis for taking charge of the vehicle. The vehicle first needs to be in the lawful custody of the police. Second, your decision to search the vehicle will be challenged. Did you contrive a reason to search? Was your inventory search an after-the-fact justification for the search that took place? Or did you have a valid rationale for the search in mind? Know why you searched and whether your reasons fit within the inventory search rule. Remember your mission. Protecting property from loss or damage. Protecting yourself from false claims of theft or mishandling of valuables. And protecting the public, including you, from danger. Third, the manner and scope of your search will be challenged. 
Was your conduct in executing the search consistent with itemizing the contents of the vehicle? Or did it look like you were on a fishing expedition, rummaging through the vehicle in a manner in which you were looking for evidence or contraband to further an investigation? Did your actions in conducting the search belie your stated purpose? It's no secret a defense lawyer might try to paint the picture that you were using the impound authority merely as a pretext, ruse, device, facade, subterfuge, or sham in order to provoke a general exploratory search of a vehicle and its contents without a warrant. A pretext is a purpose or motive alleged in order to cloak the real intention or state of affairs. In other words, the defense lawyer will try to convince the judge you're full of BS because you're not allowed to hide or mask your investigatory motives behind the veneer of a fake reason. An inventory search cannot be used as an end run around the warrant requirement in the context of a criminal investigation. If this is the case, you'll need to find another authority to search the vehicle, be it with a warrant or otherwise. But as long as the police have a valid inventory rationale in mind and do no more than they are legally permitted to do, the search will not be rendered unreasonable by the fact a police officer had an ulterior concurrent purpose which would not otherwise by itself have justified the search. You are not required when carrying out a lawful search to ignore other legitimate aspects of your general duties and powers when so engaged. Quite simply, having an additional purpose does not taint your inventory purpose provided you remain within the proper scope of an inventory search. Fourth, sometimes an accused may challenge the enabling statutory provision that authorized the vehicle seizure. The law itself is attacked. Of course, this is well outside your wheelhouse. It's the government's job, via the Crown, to justify the law they enacted. Sometimes these lines of attack are accepted by a judge. The court has a role in guarding against abuses of police authority, even when that authority derives from statute. A court will assess all of an officer's evidence to determine the bona fides of their actions. Now, some listeners might say, Hey, I thought the Supreme Court of Canada in R.V. Caslake said that inventory searches were unreasonable under the Charter. In Caslake, the search was done pursuant to policy-based police administrative procedures. The majority of judges in Caslake found a policy-based inventory search per se does not serve a valid objective in the pursuit of the ends of criminal justice such that it properly fell within the warrantless common law search incident to arrest doctrine. The court was not faced with ruling on a motor vehicle-based impoundment provision. There was no evidence that the policy relied upon in Caslake was tethered to any statutory provision allowing the seizure of the vehicle, as was the case in Arsenal. And the Caslake majority said it was not an appropriate case to decide whether there ought to be an inventory search exception to Section 8 for the protection of an accused belongings. I suspect one day this issue will make its way to our Supreme Court. But for now, we must rely on the wisdom of trial and provincial appeal courts. I hope this information has been helpful. The inventory search wasn't the only issue in the Arsenal case. There were a couple of Section 10 charter issues you may find interesting and want to explore by reading the full decision. But I'll leave that to you. Remember, the goal is to give you the confidence to do your job within the confines of the Constitution, namely Section 8 of the Charter. If you think this podcast would interest others, please share it. If you would like to contact me for any training needs or if you have a topic you would like to discuss in a future episode, you can email me at legalissuesinpolicing at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And remember, be careful what you practice. You might get good at it. Be smart and stay safe.